You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So we're in the Christmas present series, and um, I want to just kind of let you know that it was about four weeks ago that God gave me a really specific dream about what today was supposed to look like. And it was like one of those dreams where you're dreaming, and then you wake up, but then when you go back to sleep, you go right back into the dream, and God shows you more. So it was like it was like I was dreaming this the whole night. So I woke up with so much confidence and assurance knowing that this is what I was meant to do. And of course, I second-guessed myself, like, was that God? Is this just me? What is this? And uh, But then when I looked at it, I realized that What I wanted to do was good, and all good and perfect gifts come from above. I know that what I wanted to do aligned with the Word of God, and then I also wanted to just get confirmation from Pastor John, and he also confirmed that it was the Lord. And so (laughs) I'm going in today with confidence um, and just trusting the Lord um, with this message. And so it's not going to be a normal Sunday. So I wasn't here to see how many new friends we have. If you're here, can you just give me a wave? I always love to know who our new friends are. Good to see you guys. God bless you. So glad you're here. Um, So it's not going to be necessarily a normal Sunday as far as a preach or a message. For me, it's not going to be so much teaching you about what the the Word of God says, but more of like a demonstration of what God says we're to do in His Word. And so it's going to be a little bit different, but I'm really excited about it. Um, So four weeks ago, I was decorating one of my trees. And I say one because I have many. I love trees. They're my thing. Um, I have a big one in every main room in my house, and then I also, they're accompanied by miniatures and then like really baby trees everywhere. So I don't really decorate with like the snowman or the snowflakes or Santa or anything like that. Like I just do trees everywhere, and I light them up with white lights only. And, And so I just, I love trees, and I don't know if it's because I'm originally from Oregon but I am, yes, Oregonians over here. I don't know what it is. I, it, I literally feel so at peace when there are trees around. I love it. I, I'll get off the plane in Oregon, and I'm kind of excited to see my family. But then, like, I, I get on these roads with the trees that you can't even see the sky because they're just, like, towering you, and this peace comes over me. I get so peaceful. I feel so happy. I feel so relaxed. I don't know if it's because there's more oxygen around. I don't know what it is, but I love trees. I love them. And here's the thing about me and my love of trees. Um, They all have to match. They all have to match. It's like a non-negotiable in my house. And so every year, it's kind of a little bit of a battle, especially with my eight-year-old, who wants to decorate with colored lights and fuchsia and purple and red and hot pink and lime green and turquoise. And so I really struggle with her wanting to have the colored lights. And it's, it's like someone ate a whole tub of Skittles and then threw up on my tree. <laughs> so all of those colors don't add peace to my life. So this is what happened. So I had ordered new decorations for one of the main trees in my house. And so, you know, Henley's like, Mom, Mom, can I please have colored lights and colored trees and all this stuff? And I was like, you know what, honey? You can do that for a week. Because my new ornaments are going to arrive in a week. So for a week, you can put the colorful ornaments up on my tree. I know I'm so generous. And so... (laughs) 
So it was there, it was there. And it was like every color that did not match. And I'll be honest, I, when I walked by that tree, every time I slightly manifested. It was, it, I, I was like, I would take deep breaths. I'm not exaggerating. I'd be like, I can do, I, don't know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like I was like, I could not wait for these, these colorful ornaments to come down. And so, um, but all, Henley's like, can we please do it more than a week? Can we just this one year? And I'm like, Henley, we'll talk about later. Because I knew I had to now strategize because I didn't want to break her little heart, but I also know I had to be able to bear it, okay? So, so what I did was I got online and I ordered the cutest ornaments for my little girl. I or, she doesn't have a puppy, but she loves puppies. So I got all these like little doggy ornaments and I got all the unicorn ornaments and the shelf on the elf ornaments. And I was like, I've got a plan. And so when those ornaments arrived, she opened that box and she was so excited. She's like, oh my gosh, you're so cute. What are you doing? And she was like, oh, mom, let's put him on the big tree. And I was like, mm, okay, well actually... <laughs> Actually, this is where my ultimatum came in. And I said, they're so cute, aren't they? And I was like, you want to keep them, right? She's like, yeah. I said, okay, so if you want to keep these new ornaments, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take all the colorful ones off, and you can take the colorful ones and these new ones that you love so much, and you can have your own tree upstairs. (laughs) And she was like, oh. And I was like, So here's the thing. If we don't take the color ornaments off, then mom's going to have to return these new ones. I know. And so she is staring at these little puppy dog ornaments and all these things, and she's just like, she's closing her eyes, and she's breathing deep, and she's looking at the big tree and then looking at the ornaments. And after a few minutes, she's like, okay, I'll keep the ornaments. I'll have my own tree. And I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Like, here's the thing. So she wins. I win. We both win. We're all happy. Because I didn't want to, like, crush her dreams. I just gave her a new dream (laughs) that she could be excited about. But she was totally fine in the end. It was very little trauma. But I, I... I know you guys like who who in here has to have everything matched just don't judge me oh I would have thought there was more of you Ooh, you probably all don't like me right now (laughs) Sterling doesn't he's like oh that's terrible Pastor Becky Um, but no at the end like she's totally fine she loves her tree and I love mine (laughs) so it's good But anyway, so I'm decorating all these trees, and I get to my last one, and I'm sitting on the floor, um, and and I was putting my new favorite ornaments up. These cute little gold-wired stars are just so delicate and pretty, and I was putting them on the tree, and I just, the Christmas music was playing, and the kids were laughing. Like, they've been really into art these days, so they're all painting and doing things like that. And I was just, like, hearing the kids laugh, and I had the Christmas music on, and I'm putting my cute little ornaments on the tree that I love, and... I just was overwhelmed with gratitude. I was overwhelmed by the goodness of God, where we're at. I, I love my home. I love my husband, my kids, my church, everything. I just, I was just, I was like overwhelmed with emotion, just thinking about our life and how happy I am in my life. And um, as I'm doing that, I'm getting more and more emotional. And I, and I remember uh, God just kind of, it was like I flashed back to 12 years prior. Um, 
And 12 years ago, I wasn't necessarily putting cute little wild gold star ornaments on the tree. I didn't actually have any ornaments to put on my tree. And I remember that we actually ended up getting, you know, you go to the Dollar Tree store and there's the cardboard sheets where you can have like 12 cream bows with like the gold trim and then the red bows. And so my tree was decorated in the Dollar Tree. I had 12 cream and 12 red and that was our tree that year. We were in such a different place. But I remember as I'm sitting there putting my gold ornament on the tree and flashing back to what Christmas looked like for us 12 years ago, I was still grateful. I remember being so grateful in that season how God was still providing for us, that we had a roof over our heads, that we had a family that loved us, a church that supported us. And what happened 12 years ago was um, I just had two babies in 12 months. Hudson just turned one, and then two days later, Holton was born. And And at that same time, the market really crashed, and we were in real estate, and we had 13 properties across the U.S. We had $300,000 in our bank account, and everything was gone like that. And at the same time, the company John just started to work for um, went under. And so out of nowhere, we completely lost all income. And so losing everything, so you lose your credit card. So we had no money, like no money, no income, and no credit cards. And John was working his tail off trying to get side jobs. I started selling everything, like in the house. And I was just, what can I sell? And I was going, what can I sell? I even got to the point where we sold our wedding ring or my wedding ring because I was like, babe, this could get us through like two months. And so we sold the wedding ring and we were just doing whatever we could to get through that time. And and I remember uh, Pastor John was like, babe, let's, let's have, um, we can do a $25 budget for each of us to get gifts. And I was thinking, yeah, I know I, I kind of want some gifts under the tree, but it's like, we didn't even have the $50, but I was like, okay, okay, we'll do it. Wow. And so I remember I was so excited to give him, I bought him a journal and Bible highlighter pens. <laughs> and then he got me a Strong's Concordance so I could study the Bible more <laughs> or better. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I needed it. <laughs> but... And, and those were our gifts. And we bought a little rattle for our baby boy. And, and then someone had given us like some hand-me-down baby books. We wrapped those up and put them under the tree. And then someone had given us one of those little tyke, it was red, soft plastic trucks um, that we rewrapped and gave to my son Hudson. And so that was our Christmas that year. And I just remember being so grateful like for my family in that time and one thing we really learned in that season was um, John and I, I'm, I'm actually so grateful for that season. I would not trade it. I would not take it back. We learned so much about each other. We learned so much about God's goodness and his provision in our lives. We saw God move generously through family, giving us grocery cards and gift cards and a church that was loving us and supporting us and praying for us. And I wouldn't take it back. And I think one of the big lessons we learned in our marriage during that season was, and the one thing I can, I can really say I'm proud of ourselves is that we never turned on each other. So there's so much stress and tension around lack of finances. It can cause so many problems in a marriage. But I remember we really had the revelation early on in our marriage that we're on the same team. 
Like, you're not doing this to me, and I'm not trying to do this to you. We both hate the situation we're in. We're mad at the situation. We're not mad at each other. And so we, we stuck together. And when those moments of tension started to rise, we would literally stop ourselves and say, no, like, we love each other. We're on the same team. We both want to get out of this situation. We would just start praying. And I'm telling you, the peace of God would just wash over us. And I remember the one thing, it was years later, John never shared this with me until years later, and he was preaching it in a message, and this was the first time I heard it. He was talking about that season we went through, and he said, um, the one thing I'll never forget is that my wife never blamed me. In that whole season, and it was years we, it took to recover, and he's like, she never, because here's the thing, let's be honest, I told him to not buy 13 houses, <laughs> but I said my piece, and he did it anyways, and so I was like, okay, we're doing this. So he's like, she very well could have blamed me, been angry at me. We lost everything because of his, you know, the decisions to do that. But I was just like, at the, at the end of the day, dear God, the guy was already beaten down enough. And so I was like, the last thing he needs is another beating. And so I just knew I needed to always encourage him and build him up. And uh, it was just, yeah, I got it. It's just, it was such a beautiful season in our marriage. And so as I'm putting this gold star on the tree and I'm, I begin to weep as I remember what it was like 12 years ago. And it wasn't necessarily sad crying, but it was just an overwhelming emotion just thinking back like what we had to go through and how difficult it was. And, you know, I don't want to make it seem like Christmas is all about gifts and money and all those kinds of things. Because we know as believers, it's the most powerful time of the year for us as believers. Like, this is where our Savior Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem. He came to live to then to die for us, to take the place and the punishment of our sin upon himself. Like it's such a powerful time of year and I never want to distract from that. But while we can be overwhelmed by the goodness of God and everything Christmas means to us, I think sometimes some of us just get downright overwhelmed in general with the pressures this season brings and what the season of you know, the year of 2020 has brought us, so many unexpected challenges and things we've all had to go through. So I don't want to diminish the true meaning of Christmas, but I am telling you there is no parent on planet Earth that does not want to bless their kids at Christmas time. There is no parent on planet Earth that doesn't want to hear the pitter-patter and the excitement and their smiling faces when they see those presents under the tree. Like every good parent wants to bless their kids and lavish their children with love and gifts and smiles at Christmas time because we're human. We're human. We want to do those things for our kids because we love them. You know, and so while, yes, I'm overwhelmed by the goodness of God, I do sometimes get an extra burden or a weight around this season, just knowing what people are facing, especially in 2020, and knowing the challenges that Christmas can bring for families that are financially struggling, and how many families go without, how many, fam- how many people are alone in this season. It's like my prayer life increases greatly during this season, because you're just more aware of whether you have family, or you don't have family, or you're alone, or you're together, or you can't afford presents or bless or your kids or your all of these things it just becomes really heightened this time of year and I know that for many of you you have a similar story like you remember you either you were the parent that had that Christmas and maybe it's this Christmas where you don't know how you're going to make it happen or I've talked to so many people with 
and they remember the one Christmas. They remember where there was nothing under the tree, and they remember they just got an orange in their stocking, and that they were, they didn't know how to process the disappointment. And so I know a lot of us have similar feelings and emotions and stories like ours. But I think what God really showed me for this message was the same day I just had that whole, all of those memories come flashing back and all the emotions that came with it. Um, It was that very night that God gave me a dream of what he wanted to do today. And so, and then it's like I said, that dream, it was like I kept going in and out of it. Like it was so detailed. Like I saw the whole process and what God was going to do. And so in my dream, I, I was citing this. I kept repeating Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those of the household of faith. And I just kept repeating that in, in the dream. And I today, I just want to do a little good for those who are of the household of faith. Yeah. And so in a moment, I'm going to ask some people to... to be brave and courageous and come to the front. And I'm going to ask people in here that for whatever reason you find yourself in a place really struggling this Christmas season. And I know there's families in here that literally at this point, if there isn't some God intervention, there won't be any presence under the tree for your kids. And, I've, and I saw the images of the single moms and the single dads just overwhelmed and not knowing how they're going to not disappoint their kids this Christmas. And I saw people that actually were struggling to even put food on the table. And it's not because of necessarily anything you've done. It's because of the season we're in. But it's also the season where the church gets to be the church. I saw people literally debating if they should drive to church today because they don't know if they have enough gas money for tomorrow. And so we've done this at every service and God has just moved so powerully. And I know it's hard. And I I know there are people in here where it's so difficult for you to admit you're in that season. But I don't want you to not be blessed because you feel a little bit embarrassed. Was I embarrassed in that season where I was getting handed grocery cards? A little bit. It was a season where I, we had never been on that end of things. We were so blessed. I mean, we had anything we could have ever wanted in that season in our late 20s, early 30s. But, and I was always the one that wanted to give generously and buy this and do this and take everybody out. And for once in our lives, for the first time, we had to be humbled enough to be on the receiving end. And that was such a powerful lesson in and of itself, to be on the receiving end of God's love and His generosity. I just need to say, I love our church. And and I know that It truly is better to give than to receive. I think nothing literally makes my heart more happy than to be able to give to people. And and for me today, I think my hope and my prayer was obviously fulfill the dream that God gave me to do today, but to also unlock generosity in people's hearts. I 
think sometimes we don't even know how to be generous. And, and it can look like a, a meal or inviting that person that you know is alone and just lost a spouse over for Christmas dinner. It might be taking, I know I'm taking my 78-year-old friend Anka. I'm going to have her over for dinner and we're going to go look at Christmas lights because she's been alone on Christmas for 40 years. And I went to check on her last week and, and I asked her what her Christmas plans were and she said, no, I don't want to intrude on anyone's family. So for 40 years, this is what I've done. She says, I don't drink any other time of year. I get a half a glass of wine on this side of the table and then I pour another half a glass of wine and I put it on the other side. And I proceed to sip my wine and move from this side of the table to the other side of the table. And she has a conversation by herself. And she's done that for 40 years on Christmas. There are people out there that need connection. There are people that are alone. There are people with great needs, greater than even ours. And I just want to encourage you to be praying this week. God, maybe you need to be blessed. Well, there's going to be other people praying in here, asking God to highlight someone, a family, a single person, a young adult who keeps getting laid off and employed and laid off. God's going to highlight some people to you this week. And I just want to encourage you to follow that leading of the Holy Spirit because you never know what your generosity can do to unlock someone's heart. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is this, Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, your good works, and glorify your Father in heaven. So this scripture tells us our light shines when we do good deeds and good works for other people. And the people on the receiving end of our good deeds and good works, it says they will glorify your Father in heaven, which alludes that they may not know him as their heavenly Father. But your good deeds and good works will give them the opportunity for your, your Heavenly Father to maybe become their Heavenly Father. It is such a powerful thing, our generosity and our good works and our good deeds. I personally have had so many people saved on the other side of bringing a meal or looking after a homeless person or blessing the, the single mom. So many people have come to know Jesus because of our good deeds. You are not saved by good deeds. You can't get to heaven by good deeds or good works. It's impossible to be good enough to be as righteous as we need to be to get to heaven. So we don't get to heaven because of our good works. But the beauty of it is other people could potentially get to heaven because of your good works. It's so amazing. And so I want to encourage you with that and leave you with that. But before I close the service, I want to give people an opportunity to respond to the love of God. One of my prayers for today was that people would be blessed and shown and demonstrated the love of God here, but that also there'd be a, a general just presence of God in here, feeling what it feels like to be loved by God. And so if you are in here today and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus and you know you need to get your life right with God, or maybe you once did, but along the way you've taken your life back, 
and you want to rededicate your life to your Heavenly Father today. I would just love if that is you, and if you would just slip your hand up nice and high so I can see it. I think he has hands here and up the back. Who else? Yes, I see your hands. Amen. Amen. Yes, so proud of you. Who else wants to dedicate? Yes, two gentlemen up the back. Incredible. Yes, praise God, our friend down here, the front. Thank you, Lord. Who else am I waiting on? Who else? Yes, I see you. Yes, way, way in the back, I got you. Amen, amen. Let's, before we pray, let's just give those people a huge round of applause and just celebrate them. building is going to repeat this prayer so you're not alone. And I think it's the first great example of what it looks like to be a part of a church because you never actually have to be alone again. You may not have a family, but you now have a church family that loves you and wants to help look after you. So let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to Bethlehem to be born in a manger, to live on this earth with the purpose to die in my place on that cross. Thank you, Jesus, for taking the weight of my sin upon yourself so that I could be forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. And today I declare that heaven is my home, God is my father, and I am his child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.